Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, I have been informed that I am leading, and these are the background singers today. <laughs> but for the sake of wanting people in worship today, we won't do that. So, well, welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us for worship today. Uh, I would invite everyone to take a look at your order of service that you received um, on the way in. Uh, these flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are in memory of Tom Poston. Uh, they were given in memory by his family, and we want to pray for their family uh, during this time. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. I pray that our hearts are now prepared as we prepare to worship our Lord. Thank you for being here.
Good morning. Today we begin our process for electing deacons to serve for the next four years beginning in January of 2020. We will be nominating uh, deacons today. Each of you, each church member will receive a ballot. There are five spaces. You can nominate up to five members um, to be deacons for the next four years. Our ushers are coming forward now, so if you'll let them indicate to them um, raise your hands and we'll give out our ballots and we will take those up and be counting them. I will be calling, asking people to serve if elected.
I think they're coming to the balcony now. Our hymn is number 344, Glorious is Thy Name, 344. While I'm waiting for Roger to get in place, I'll just tell you that for several years I worked for um, different denominations other than Baptist, and I couldn't wait to get back to home so that I could sing some hymns I grew up singing. And I love Glorious is Thy Name, and nobody else sings this but Baptist. So please join in heartily singing Glorious is Thy Name, number 344.
may be seated. I invite the children that are not already down here to come forward. All right, Piper. Come here, sweet. Yeah, right over here. Thank you. That's a puzzle. All right, Jillian. Look at me. Look at me, Jillian. Jillian, we're on this. We're right here, okay? All right. What if Levi's already found my puzzle? I want to show you the inside of this. Then, let me get it open now. It's a bear puzzle. It is a bear puzzle. A care bear. But look at all these pieces. Do you think we could put this together? You do. You want to what? Sit back. Some pieces. Okay. All right. Just hold on a second. Now sit back down, because then it. Right, sit back down just one second, okay? Now, you've been playing with my puzzle here in my basket, so I'm gonna give each of you a piece that, before I do, hold on to it, okay, till I tell you what to do with it, okay? But you gotta hold on to it for a minute, okay? All right. Here you go, Je Georgia. There you go. You were getting ready to call me Julie. No, I'm sorry. Here you go, Jude. James. Can you hand that one to James? All right, Ella. Come quick and get your piece. Okay. Callan, here's your piece. Lily. Silas. Luke. Everybody got a piece? Okay, I want to tell you something. I want to read you a scripture. I need everybody. Shh. Huh? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did miss you, didn't I? All right, now I need for you to listen because I'm going to read something to you very carefully, okay? I need all eyes, okay? This is from John chapter 17. Verse 21 and 22. Listen. Father, I pray they will all be one, just as you are in me and I in you. I want them to be with us. Then the world will believe that you have sent me. I did this so we would be one, just as you are with me. Now, do all of you have a piece of the puzzle? Yeah. Are you all alike? Yeah. You are? Do every one of you have the same animal on your puzzle? I don't think so. You need to look. Okay, every, I do believe we have a match there. All right, I need you to listen one minute. One minute with Miss Ellen, one minute, okay? One minute. Now, if we all have different pieces of puzzle, we all come to church, don't we? Yeah. We all learn to love who? Mm -hmm. Who are we learning to love at church? God. God. So we're all alike in one thing, aren't we? That who Jesus is in our heart. Jesus is a baby. Jesus is a baby. Yes, Jesus is a baby. Now, what I want to do, whoosh, I'm going to be brave. All right. 
I want you to connect yourself to him. Okay? Very quickly. Now you connect yourself to Lily. And Callan, you connect yourself to Ella. And James, you connect yourself to Jude. And Piper, you connect yourself to Georgia. Put your puzzle over there. All right, Luke. Ella, connect your piece with... Put them together. They don't have to match. Just put them together. Because, see, we don't all match. Everybody in the church doesn't match, do we? But you know what happens? Watch. Watch. We can all go to pieces. We all go together. Georgia, have you got yours ready? All right, bring me your piece. There you go. Look at there. You know what? It is amazing that all these people in church, we are all different. Jude, James, y'all want to put yours together? Look at here. You know what? We are every one of us put a different piece together and made a puzzle. We're all different. But what do we have in common? Listen to me. What do we all have in common when we come to church? Animals. No, animals, yes we do. We made a puzzle. But what's in your heart? God and Jesus. So that makes us all the same puzzle. Jesus is a baby. All right, sit back down. We all love Jesus. Okay, turn around. Bottoms down. All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, all of us are different as these children have put you together. We each have our talents. We each have our loves. But when you put all the pieces together, we are one. One here to love, to worship, and to care. Thank you, God, that we have this church and that we have these children who are joyful in your love and full in their heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Georgia. All right, let's go. You guys pray for Ellen. She's got her hands full. Thank you, Ellen, for a powerful message this morning. We have a couple in our church that are celebrating a significant milestone on Friday, and uh, this morning I'd like to just make mention of it. They told me I could, but Dave and Carolyn Gordon are celebrating 50 years of marriage this Friday, and uh, let's, let's give them a hand. Dave said that he's put up, she's put up with him for these for 50 years, so you, Dave, you, you might as well keep going, guys. Just, just keep at it. But we rejoice with you, and what a wonderful milestone, and thank you for allowing us to celebrate with you this morning. Let me bring your attention to something quickly in your bulletin. Uh, 
we have obviously a whole notebook book of announcements and all these things, but on the tab of your bulletin this morning, you'll see we've, we changed the things that are on the, I don't know what inside or outside, it's the other side that says, the one side says welcome and then the other side on the bottom, we change what is there often. And I just wanna make mention of this. This will be in your bulletin now for a few weeks, but it says BSBC Cup of Cold Water Ministry Update. In Matthew 10, 42, it reads, if anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. We have a ministry here called Cup of Cold Water that uh, if you need a ride to the doctor, if you need something done in your home, if you have some type of need that maybe a family member or a neighbor or a friend, someone cannot help you with, and we would be delighted and honored to assist you in some way. But if you would be willing to be that person that extends the cup of cold water in the form of maybe blowing off the driveway or transportation or some other needs that you may have, if you would be willing to help in some way with this ministry, just check what area you may be willing to help with and then put your name, cell phone information on there and then place that in the offering plate as it comes by a little later in the service. But we certainly desire as God's people, I'm reminded of the scripture in John, it says, by this all men will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. And so if you have a need that we could practically meet, uh, please let us know and we will try to do our best in helping meet that need. Let me mention a couple prayer concerns, uh, actually a few. Uh, the family of Kathy Bridges, Kathy passed away earlier this week and we want to pray for Michael and the family. Some of you uh, know of them, uh, know, know, know them and we want to, uh, they're not active in the church currently, but we want to keep them in our thoughts and prayers. But Kathy went home to be with the Lord earlier this week and we want to continue to remember that family. And then also remember the family of Tom Poston. Tom passed away this week and his service will be this coming week at Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 here in the sanctuary. The visitation will follow in the LEC, but be in prayer for the family of Tom and those that are leading in the service, the family as well, and just um, ask for God's special blessing on this time in their lives. Let's continue to remember those that are caught up in the uh, aftermath of Hurricane, Hurricane Dorian and the aftermath that it has left behind. We are certainly mindful of all of those who continue to struggle deeply in the Bahamas. Will you go with me now in a word of prayer? God, as I begin this time of prayer, I affirm the words in our call to worship that your love would rain down on us in this place. And as that takes place, that love would transform us, that we may be willing to count the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. God, we thank you and praise you for a wonderful day of celebration and worship this last Sunday. Lead us and guide us as we move forward in ministry and witness. Help us to be willing to do the ministry needed so that we may grow deeper and stronger, that we may lead others to do the same. God, we desire authentic and genuine faith and grant us that, we pray. God, for those who suffer and grieve at this hour, we pray for comfort. For the family of Kathy Bridges and Tom Poston, be a good shepherd and walk with them through this difficult season. There are others who come into this place this morning with burdens and concerns that are deep. And Father, I pray that you would meet each one today at the point of their need. Those recovering from Hurricane Dorian, provide for the needs of these as they seek to rebuild and move forward. God, as we move forward in worship today, grant us wisdom and grant us courage that as we look to your word that we may hear what you would have to speak to us and that we may respond in obedience. 
Help us, God, to pursue authentic faith. Help us to count the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ at this time and this place that you have called us to. God, we love you. We thank you for the goodness of your son and the grace of your son, Jesus Christ, his love for, for me, for each one here, and for the world. Help us to pursue you in closer and more personal way. And Father, may you lead us all to say when we leave this place, it's good to have been in your house today. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, the name above all names. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 688, Show Us How to Stand for Justice. 688, if you are able, please stand and join and sing. confession that might get me in trouble with candy. Um, uh, often when I sing hymns, um, so occasionally uh, it is, the, the words don't quite always sink in. I hope that doesn't hurt our friendship in some kind of way. Um, but today I was struck by the words that we just sang. And so I'm, allow me to just read 
a portion of it before we pray. May we learn to share more freely in a world so full of greed, showing your immense compassion by the life we choose to lead. Make us conscious of your presence every day in all we do. By your Spirit's gracious prompting, may we learn to walk with you. As we begin a a new sermon series today about what disciples do, there is few things that we can think about better for us as followers of Jesus to do than to stand for justice. Would you join me now as we pray together? God, we come before you today humbled by the grace and the love that you give to each of us. Lord, you have given each person here certain things that we can give back, whether it be our money or our abilities. Lord, and I pray that each of us would reach into our hearts to know how we can best give back in order to build up not ourselves, but to build up your name and your kingdom. Help us to give generously and with a loving heart, not only to this church, but to the people in our communities and around the world. Be with us now as we continue in worship. I pray that each person is receptive of your spirit and your presence. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen.
some glad morning when this life is o'er. I'll fly away to a land on God's celestial shore. Thank you, choir, and Tim Lancaster. All right. <laughs> Had to embarrass you, Tim. Well, I tell you, if there was a song about heaven that they didn't sing, I don't know what it was. Um, but uh, I know what a medley is, but uh, that one I think had them all in there. So thank you, Candy, and musicians, and choir, and uh, what a wonderful, wonderful song. In just a moment, I want to invite you to go ahead now and turn, and we'll read it in just a moment, but turn to Luke 14, 25 through 33. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Those words will be on the screen, but uh, you may want to turn there in your pew Bible or in your Bible. This morning begins a new series of messages uh, as we move into the fall season. Much of this year, the last several months anyway, we have been anticipating a significant time in the life of our church. This last Sunday, many of you know you were here. If you were new, we celebrate, uh, I'll tell you, we, we celebrated 50 years in this current sanctuary, present sanctuary. And it was just a wonderful time, not only of events leading up to last Sunday, this summer with special events on Sunday evenings. It was just a, a wonderful time and a great uh, season of celebration in the life of our church. And I just uh, want to thank once again all of you who, not only the committee, but all of you who helped make last Sunday a very special time in the life of our church. It was truly a wonderful, wonderful celebration. And now that the big day is behind us, a question that you may be asking along with me is, where do we go from here? 
Our theme for the 50th anniversary was looking back, moving forward. And as we move forward as a congregation, something more than attendance is needed. As we chart our future story, how do we move forward to be the people of God that he is calling us to be? There are things that are required of us now, both personally and collectively as a church family. If we are seeking to advance the kingdom of God in our lives, our homes, our community, and in our world. There are things required of us if we are to move forward with a strong ministry and witness for these next 50 years. A new message series that I'm titling simply, What Disciples Do. And uh, you see the word believe is marked out and we have what disciples do. Christ followers are known not as much by what they believe as what they do. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22, he writes, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And Jesus himself said in Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? These messages are important as we think about the church in America today, but they're also important as we think about Boiling Springs Baptist Church and where we are now and where we want to go in deeper and stronger commitment to our Lord and Savior and in a stronger witness in our community and around the world. This sermon series will give us a framework, if you will, for us to talk about and address some things that I think will be important for us as a church as we move forward into this fall here in 2019. The first and most important area where we all must take seriously as we move forward in ministry is wrapped up in today's sermon title. This is the most important, I feel like, area for us to think about, for us to focus on before we begin to jump into any other area is that of our faith. Disciples pursue authentic faith. That pursue is a verb. That pursue is, is action-oriented. What are we doing? What are you and I doing individually and collectively to pursue this authentic faith? This one area of pursuing authentic faith must be practiced above all others. It's more important than numbers. It's more important than what songs we're singing. And it's more important than any program that we offer. And so now with that said, let us look to some very difficult and tough words from our Savior in Luke 14, 25 through 33. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost? to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Will you pray with me once again? God, may you bless the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. 
When it comes to yours and and mine, when it comes to our everyday consumer lives, we constantly are faced with decisions. And many of these decisions are made in the very important place, the grocery store. Most of us, the local Ingalls, some of you, wherever it is that you shop. But we go in there and we decide, obviously, what we need for our home, what we would like to have, and we make choices. We decide if we're going to go with the brand name or... Usually, we'll go off, well, I won't say this because we all do different things. We go with either the brand name or we'll go with either the off-brand. And most oftentimes, it's because of the cost. And so we have to evaluate, are we going to get what we want for the same, you know, the same taste and same enjoyment for a lesser cost? And so we decide how we're going to move forward with that. Most of you know, and I appreciate the occasional Dr. Peppers that show up in my um, Elizabeth Pack, that show up in my office, uh, not mentioning names or anything, but uh, most of you know that I love Dr. Pepper. I have not been a fan, though, of Dr. Thunder from, from Sam's, it's just, just not the same, or of the Dr. Topper that is found at our local Dollar General, Clover Valley brand, Dr. Topper, yes, I believe that's the name, but I will pay more to make sure that I receive the real thing, Dr. Pepper, the best soda that's out there. In my home, you will find some Laura Lynn products, and you will even find some Clover Valley products. Again, the the imitation, the brand name at at Dollar General. And sometimes, though, I'm willing to count the cost and go for the brand name. There's just certain things that you've got to have the brand name. You know, uh, I don't know how your home is. I see some of you talking out there, but for some of you, it may be your coffee. It may be that if you're married, you have went out before and thought, I'm not buying this expensive coffee that, you know, I'm going to buy this and we're going to try this out. That may not have worked out too well in your marriage. I don't know. If you want to maintain harmony and make it to 50 years, you know that. So you, you, you buy the coffee that she wants you to buy, right? Yeah, okay. Um, but the, the number one on my list is, is A1 steak sauce. There's all kinds of imitations for A1, but there is nothing like A1 steak sauce. Mom used to buy these others growing up, and the whole family would revolt and, and would, just, would just be mad. There's nothing like a little bit of A1. And when it comes to mayonnaise, now I'm getting on touchy ground here now, okay? It's always Hellman's and never Duke's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Duke anything is never good, okay? It's just, it's just, it's not, all right? Sometimes you need the, the real deal, okay? No imitations. And when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our faith, no one likes to see fake or imitation. I think you would agree with me that Christianity continues to have an image problem. Amen? Many Christians speak clearly about what they believe, and yet their actions do not match what they say they believe. We, we can know Christian doctrine and we can know the Bible from cover to cover, but if we do not practice the love and the grace of God, what good is it? Back in the late 90s, um, Christian music and, and, and more so Christian rock music, and, and uh, where's Roger? Roger knows this. Roger's a big fan of some, some older Christian rock music, but there was a man who came out with only one or two albums at the time. His name was Grover, Grover Levy, and it was in a, a CD called Wrestling Angels, and the title of his song was, If You Want to Lead Me to Jesus. And in this, he talks about this authentic faith that we're talking about today. He writes these words. He says, your message is clear. You sound so sincere. Your intentions are good. Forgiveness of sin, life without end. Choir just sang about it. I'd believe it if I could. I've watched from afar and I've seen how you are with the people that you're around. I don't see a trace of the love and the grace that you talk so much about. And the chorus is repeated over and over. If you want to lead me to Jesus, you better find a better way. 
because your life is speaking so loud, I can't even hear a word you say. Let me back up and say, none of us are perfect, and we all fall short. God's gift of grace in Jesus Christ and his faithfulness amid our unfaithfulness is the good news of the gospel, news that I seek to proclaim and hope to proclaim each Sunday from this pulpit. This morning, we have some tough words from Jesus, a very difficult passage when we look at it. The first verse says, now large crowds were, uh, were going along with him, and he turned and said to them. So Jesus is walking, large crowds are with him. Jesus has been, he's on his way ultimately to the cross at this point, but Jesus has been healing people. He's been feeding people. It's this idea that um, you can get something for nothing. Just follow Jesus. So these people, the crowds are, are following Jesus. And to, to this large fan base that Jesus has behind him, he turns and he says some very difficult words. Words that were hard to hear then and words that are hard to hear today. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We need to first of all be careful not to take these words with a cold literalness. Eastern language was, was very vivid. And Jesus often and other, other uh, leaders and rabbis in this day would often use very vivid language to communicate a point. What Jesus is saying here is that no love should compare with the love that we have for him. Jesus was not, you know, speaking against family values. Jesus, I'm reminded that when he was on the cross, when John and, and Mary, when Jesus was taking his last breaths, he looked at each of them to Mary. He said, behold, your son. And then to John, behold, your mother. Because Jesus cared about his mom. Jesus cared about family. So don't misconstrue what this is saying here. He is obviously saying something of, of importance to his audience then and to his audience today as we read this. Nothing should compare with the love that we have for him. He goes on to say, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And if we look back in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, we hear similar words. Here we find these words. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. The choir just sang a wonderful medley about heaven. What we're looking at today is what Jesus asked of us before we begin that eternal journey. He talks about counting the cost, and these, these stories, two stories after this, make it a little bit of an assessment of, of what that could look like. He talks about a man who, seek, who went out to build a tower, and does he not first count the cost to see if he has enough to finish the tower? And then in verse 31, we talk about the king who sets out to battle another king, and will, does he have enough men with his 10,000 to defeat those who are coming against him with his 20,000? There's a sense of self-assessment that we all must do when we choose to follow Christ. Do we have what it takes? Jesus is asking us for total, total commitment. Not half-hearted, but total commitment to him. And then at the end, he says another harsh word. It's like there's, there's these two books that have really difficult messages that are the bookends of the passage 
that we have today. The first one at the beginning was to hate your father and mother, to love me more than anything else. And then the last one is also very difficult for us today as well. It says, so then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up or renounce all of his possessions. Evidently, Jesus didn't read the books about church growth that are out there right now because what he just did is just is totally opposite probably of anything in those books. But I imagine that this large crowd that was following Jesus is now a lot less as he begins to move forward in his ministry. Church, as we move forward into the future, Jesus is calling you and I to pursue an authentic faith. It's not enough to have had parents and grandparents and others who have paved the way for you and who have been models for you. It is now our turn to respond to the call of God on my life and on your life and to stand up and to say, Jesus, I'm all in. It's gonna be difficult, it's gonna be tough, but God, I wanna live for you. I've heard it said the biggest threat to Christianity is not the nuns, those who have never had faith, and it's not the duns, those who have had and tried faith and have left it, but the biggest threat to vibrant faith is nominal Christianity. Shallow and noncommittal faith does not breed vital believers in congregations. After all, who would be attracted to half-hearted faith? If all my faith asked of me was to give up a couple hours on Sunday morning and some time during the week with a small group, why would I want to do that? Why would I bother? As we think about what we are to be doing as disciples of Jesus Christ, if we are to live the life that he has asked us to live for Christ, we need to think about our witness for Christ in this community and our world. It must start by each of us pursuing authentic faith. Some reflections as I have studied this over the last few weeks, just some reflections that I would like to offer you this morning. Pursuing an authentic, an authentic faith moves individuals from simply being a fan of Christ to a disciple of Christ. The church in America today has many people who would fit into the category of a fan of Jesus and fewer who are pursuing what it looks like to walk and to follow him with their lives. Many of you may remember a book that came out several years ago by a pastor named Kyle Eidelman, and I think I say his name right, and the book was simply called Not a Fan, and he addresses this very topic. He said in his room growing up, his dad was a pastor, and he said in his, and I, this could have been me, he said in his room he had a picture of Jordan and a picture of Jesus, and he said what I didn't realize until later in life and in ministry is he said that I was a fan of both, and I followed both. But what he's saying in the midst of, he's saying, look, looking deeper into the Gospels, he discovered that Jesus didn't want fans, Jesus wanted followers. Followers are students, followers are disciples. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a name that many of you recognize and a name that we spent many months studying, who was significant during the Holocaust and saving the lives of many Jews and standing up for what's right, he knows something about the cost of discipleship. In the same book by that title, he writes, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And in today's passage, Jesus was being followed by a large crowd. We would say he had a lot of fans. And when he shared the message that he did, the cost of following him, I'm sure that the numbers changed. Jesus is not looking for fans or admirers, but Jesus is looking for followers. Another reflection Pursuing an authentic faith leads me to count the cost of following Christ. Jesus gives us two examples of what that can look like. He talks about a man who's building a tower, then he talks about a king who's going off to war. These towers existed to protect the vineyard from the thieves. An unfinished building is always a humiliating thing. 
One of the things we noticed when we were in Guatemala, we see this around everywhere, that different people, and, and it may be that, you know, as they get the money, they are finishing the project. But now that we've been three years in a row, we're seeing that some of those projects are being finished and some are still the way they were when we were there three years ago. Counting the cost leads all those who follow to do some serious self-assessment. I've often used the phrase before, personal inventory. When a business does inventory, they see what's there and what's not there. Jesus is asking us and almost forcing us as we read this passage to do the same today. We begin to assess our own lives and begin to think, where are we in this journey of following Jesus as a disciple of him? My last reflection is hopefully an encouraging and hopeful one for those who ponder where they are on the journey of discipleship. And the the reflection that, that I wrote down this week is pursuing authentic faith is a process. Pursuing authentic faith is a process. Let's look to the disciples. When I first came here several years ago, we talked about the disciples. Um, We can read and I could go to countless, countless stories where they simply didn't get it. And yet history tells us that all but one, that meaning John uh, gave their life as a martyr for their faith. John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos and there's, there's discussion about which John that could have been and all of that. But yet we know that these men who were, most of which were, you know, had, had street smarts but didn't have the, the education that some others may have had at the time. But these men who simply in many ways didn't get what Jesus was teaching them and what Jesus was uh, relating to them, we see where each of them gave their life near the end of their life in commitment to him. Discipleship was a process with the disciples, and we can give testimony that it has been a process in our lives. We don't come to know the Lord and spend a few weeks in a class and come to church for a year or two and arrive at spiritual maturity. We don't. It's been a process for me, and I would venture to say, if you were honest, it's a process for you as well. So if we want to be a disciple that pursues authentic faith, how do we do that? There's a whole nother sermon there, but I won't do that today. But let me just share a few things quickly with you about how we can pursue that authentic faith in our own lives. And the first step is prayer. I'm grateful that in the last few weeks, there's been an encouragement, a challenge among many in our church to to really pray, pray for our church, to pray for our own lives, to pray for God to move and to work among us. Jesus was the very son of God, and yet he spent time with the father. And when the disciples began to recognize that Jesus' power came from his prayer in Luke 11, 1, Jesus, I mean, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus goes through several stories about prayer and the significance of it and then teaches us how to pray. Start, one of the first things that you and I can do to pursue authentic faith is start by telling God that you want to pursue it. Saying, God, I, I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just go to church and, and be a good person, but God, I want to know you. And I want to experience what you have for me. If we ask him to help, help us with that, he certainly will. We need to acknowledge that it will not always be easy and that we need him each step of the way. But be honest about our struggles and be honest in our prayer. I used to think that I always had to talk to Jesus in a certain way. And I think what revolutionized me and helped me move one step down another uh, leg down the process or journey of discipleship was when realizing that I could talk to God about exactly what was on my heart and what was on my mind. It wasn't going to change who he was or his love for me, but I could be honest with him. And that was revolutionary for me in my spiritual walk. But not only pray, but spend time in God's word. Start in the gospels. I would encourage you to start in the gospel of John. 
Here we get the best description of who Jesus is and why he came. But not only pray and, and spend time in God's word, but do what God instructs us to do. There's certain growth in discipleship that only comes about through obedience. I've seen that in my own life, and I would venture to say that many of you have also seen that as well. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And in Matthew 7, 24, Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The last thing that I'll mention this morning about how to pursue authentic faith is find others, whether it's a class or whether it's one other person, two or three other people that also have that same desire that you do to grow. I'm grateful that some of that is taking place in our church, and I hope and continue to pray that I hear more about that in the coming, in the coming months. But do you have those people that you can talk with, those people that can help you grow, those people that can help you understand what the Word of God says, those people that can hold you accountable, those people that you can be honest with and say, look, I'm struggling in this area and I need your help. I hope in the coming, coming days we begin to see more and more of those small group discipleship opportunities. Following Jesus is costly, but the Jesus who calls you will walk with you each step of the way, and he will be there at the end to meet you. When we are pursuing an authentic faith, we will find the spirit in us that is found within our closing hymn. It is hymn number 491, and the hymn says, wherever he leads, I'll go. And the song starts out by these words. It says, take up the cross and follow me. There's a lot of rewards in the Christian life. He gives us a sense of meaning. He gives us a sense of purpose. But he also calls us to deep commitment. He also calls us to take up our cross. It's not always easy, but he has promised to be with us. Will you join me and let us join together in pursuing Christ with an authentic faith. God, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for this tough, <coughs> tough passage of scripture. Lord, you desire all commitment, among all of our commitments, you desire to be preeminent. You desire to be number one and at the top of the list. Father, forgive us for when we've fallen short of that. Forgive us when we've placed our possessions and other things, people above our relationship with you. Lead us to deeper commitment. Lead us to a stronger witness, both personally and collectively. God, if there are any here today that have never put their faith and their trust in you, I pray that today would be the day. If there are any here desiring church membership, any desiring a renewal of spirit, any just simply desiring to pray, Lord, help them to know the altar is open. Father, we love you. We thank you for your spirit that moves and works and calls us to a deeper commitment. And we pray now that you would continue to speak. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. I want to ask you to just remain standing just for a moment if you don't mind. And I'm going to ask Elizabeth Montgomery if she'll come and stand with me. Elizabeth's been coming to Bowling Springs for several months now and uh, lives in the Ellenboro community and is originally from Ab Arbila, Missouri and has been here for several years and um, uh, has journeyed, as we talked about journeying in the sermon, has journeyed here to Bowling Springs Baptist and would like to, and she comes today seeking membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist. She comes by transfer of letter from Arbila Baptist Church there in uh, Missouri. And uh, what is the pleasure of the church? All right, all in favor, if you'll raise your hand, wave at her. All right, all opposed. Welcome to Bowling Springs, Elizabeth. We look forward, to, she's been a delight to get to know and I know you will enjoy getting to know her as well. And so Elizabeth, we're glad to have you with us and, and uh, we can grow together. And next I'd like to ask Talmadge if he would come up and join me. Talmadge comes today having um, put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and recently been baptized and comes today to uh, continue this journey of spiritual growth with Bowling Springs Baptist Church. As I talked about, uh, discipleship is a process. Um, I have seen God work in this man over the last several weeks, and I'm excited to, con to join you on the journey, and um, we can grow together. But what is the pleasure of the church? He comes as statement of faith. Um, second, uh, if you'll, uh, all those in favor, if you'll raise your hand and wave at him. All right. Any like sign? Talmadge, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist. It's been, so been exciting to watch God move and work in your life. After our service today, I know you'll want to come by and speak with them and, and uh, have an encouraging word. But uh, let's close now with a benediction. Anything else anybody needs to say? I want to testify. I'm going to give you that opportunity. Well, let's close now with this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you.